Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside the Drinker's Studio. My name is Ralph. Uh, and so today I have a special episode for you. Um, this is in celebration of us being around for about a year now. Uh, so our first three episodes were with Angie Guerrero from the Hoppy Monk. I've worked at Hoppy Monk for about three years and I've drank a lot of beer in that time, both on the job and off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I like to drink. Alex Romero from the Black Orchid Lounge. Chandelier cleaner. <laughs> Bartender. Most drink enthusiast. Bartender in El Paso. Or alcoholic. I mean, right. they're the same thing. And Alejandro Velez from uh, Tradecraft. Alex, uh, did you age? just say it? Are you a virgin? 26, and yes, I'm a virgin. Uh-huh. I have been for the last three years. <laughs> and we did these episodes in one day. And these episodes covered craft beer with Angie, gin with Alex, and Fernet with Alejandro. So again, these were, our f- these were our first three episodes. We did it all in one day, so it was kind of like a, uh, a crazy day for us. We were pretty drunk for the Fernet episode, and you can kind of hear that if you listen to those, those first three episodes. So on this episode, we're just going to show um, some clips from those first three episodes. But before we get to those clips, uh, I just want to tell you about Inside the Drinker Studio and what we're trying to do. Um, so initially, we were mo- more focused on the, on the spirits, on the wine, on the beer, um, but we've shifted away from that. We're we're trying to focus more on the people who are in the community, who are in El Paso, who do have a passion for, you know, for these spirits, for these beers, for these wines. And I think the importance of that is so that we can try to give a face to El Paso. Um, we've been saying recently to to buy local, to support local. And, you know, what does that mean? It's we're trying to give a face to these businesses that, that you know, do represent El Paso. Uh, we're talking to restaurant owners like Chris Madrid from Anstill, uh, Chef Rulis from Rulis International. We're talking to, to different bars. I mean, we had Eddie at Blackbird. We had Phil at Hope and Anchor. We're talking to various community organizers. We were, we were at uh, the KCOS Wine and Food Classic. We spoke with Austin Savage at the Glass Box. Uh, we were recently at Power at the Pass with Valentin and Richie. Uh, there's a lot going on in El Paso, and we just want to put a focus on that and talk to the people behind, you know, all these things happening in El Paso. There's a lot going on. I think people should recognize that. I think people should appreciate El Paso for, for what it's offering and for how it's growing. There's a lot to see, and we hope we can expose a personable side that you can't find on Facebook or on Yelp. We hope to, you know, encourage you to go out to these businesses and support local because you know these people, because you know they're, they're basically just like you. They care about the community, they care about having a good time, and they care about making their lives and your lives better. All right, so before I get any more lovey-dovey for El Paso, let's just get on to those clips. One question we've asked since the start of the show is what you would do with $1 million dollars. This is tax-free. This is just given to you from some unknown entity. Maybe you've won the lottery. Maybe you're getting a really awesome tax break. Maybe there's a bank error in your favor. So with this question, people people don't like it. It seems like they don't think $1 million is enough. But, you know, we're not trying to change your life immensely. We're not trying to make you king of the world or something. It's still a million dollars. There's still a lot you can do with that, even if it's not limitless. So we're not asking the, what would you do with a million dollars? I really want to ask that question. All right. So this is, this is a, <laughs> a question we debated a lot. This is our 13th question. Um, lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. So Angie. Yeah. What would you do with a million dollars? Oh, first thing I'd do, like if I won it or if I like came home and you it just, was like. You just had it all of a sudden. Room. 
Okay, like in my head? Tax-free. Holy shit. Well, I would probably probably throw a party. <laughs> That'd be the first thing. I'd throw a party. Everyone gets a bottle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'd be a crazy party. It'd be the party I've wanted to throw all my life. Okay. And then I would put a good amount into savings, and I would pay off my ridiculous amount of debt. Yep. Sounds like a good plan. Mm-hmm. I think everyone can get behind that. What would you do with a million dollars? That's a number 13 question, and we always have to ask that. Um, I, I've, I've always thought about this. I've been thinking, thinking about this question for years. 90% of that, I would donate it. Uh, why? Because it's money I really don't need. Uh, I'm living as is right now. You know, I'm struggling a little bit, but, you know, I'm still living. You know, and there's people in worse uh, circumstances, so. That's I'd so humble of him. He's a very humble dude. That's yeah. a very humble dude. Yeah, so I just well, hope I get it. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ralph's you know, looking at if, me if with the sexy eyes. If you didn't hear that, he said he hopes he gets laid. There you go. What would you do with a million dollars? A bunch of hookers and blow. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. I don't like hookers. No, I love hookers, but I will never pay for you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I also don't do cocaine. Um what would I do with a million dollars? And I'm going to be sincere. I would actually pay the rest of my parents' house off, mm. uh, get myself a new car, maybe. So uh, you can go to cruises? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. One fun thing about this podcast is that we get to know some interesting facts from our interviewees. So here's some facts from Angie, Alex, and Alejandro. Apparently the body can self-amputate. Okay. What? Yes. So d- <laughs> no, like there's a <laughs> definite silence here. Like, so did the body reject what? the toe or something? Like after a certain amount of time, your body will just be like you're no longer useful. And Is that why they turn black? Off. Yeah. And Once they're off. black, they're gonna fall off. Oh, dude, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> so I just felt like little guillotines, like chopped off my toes. What if that happens toes. to your peepee or something? That would be sad. Well, why would you <laughs> get gangrene on your? <laughs> Who knows what you you're You don't know. What, what if you just like, you know, you're like the... You're at Dreams. With a, you slept <laughs> with a very dirty woman or dreams something. You, know? you never know. Bike. God, I had to bring it up, huh? Had to. <laughs> had to. It's the beer. There you go. And it's now we know. Beer. Now a bit know. of medical information. That is really don't cool. Don't get green green. Oh. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't self advocate. Try not to. <laughs> Be clean. Wash. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Thank you, listeners. This has been your health tip for the week. <laughs> How is gin made? What, what do you know about gin? Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, and, and from, from all the different uh, stories that I've heard, one of the more interesting ones is um, gin, gin more or less started during the, the Black Plague. That's when people started you know, really finding the essence of what gin is. And um, they, they used to wear these... Uh, well, the people that were not infected, they, w- they would go around... Uh, those giving those medicine masks? to what's that with those masks yeah yeah so um medicine so so they so they would go around uh you know giving people pharmaceuticals and things like that and they were they wore long elongated masks like the guy from silent hill <laughs> and so what they did is they actually they put uh botanicals herbs roots and all that in there so that it didn't smell like shit it didn't smell like death um so uh with that they, they kind of they kind of really enjoyed that that essence of it um and and they kind of just infused it, or, or well, from from what I from what I recall, is they just kind of like infused it with with you know some sort of liquor, and and then gin mm-hmm. gin started coming about. You know the whole essence of using a fuck little juniper berries, you know, to get that taste, get that that pungent pine. That's awesome. I'm a virgin. 
<laughs> that is something that I have heard. Even before, even before that He's I met you. famous for that. Yes. Yes. And, and what, why does that lie exist exactly? Um, just because um, a lot of my... Well, who says it's a lie? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> it started as a joke. Man, it's been a long time now. Several years. It started, it started as, as a joke. joke. Uh, and let me preface this by saying a, uh, a fairly handsome gentleman uh, came and approached me at a bar one day and asked me uh, if I've ever had a boyfriend before. And my response was, no, I'm a virgin. <laughs> so that's been literally the longest standing lie that I've ever told is that I'm a virgin. That is a big lie. It's <laughs> a good lie. Yeah, when you came and told me, I was like, bullshit. We're in e-commerce this town. Alex, I mean, new commerce like three years ago, the first thing that we knew about you. That he was a virgin. virgin. <laughs> it, it is like... So the show is called Inside the Drinker's Studio. This is actually a parody of Inside the Actor's Studio where James Limpton will interview an actor and ask him a bunch of questions at the end. Um, and so we, we do something similar. Michelle has compiled a uh, list of questions based off of various things from Vanity Fair. So thank you, Vanity Fair, for having, having these questions. Um, and as, we've, as the show's progressed, we've actually revised the list of questions that we ask. And we don't actually ask all the questions anymore. And a few of the questions that we asked early on are no longer asked. We've just gotten rid of them because they weren't that interesting. Um, and I, I believe this is one of them. This is the greatest fear. Um, so we ask our interviewee, what their greatest fear is. And since uh, Angie, Alex, and Alejandro were the first ones on the show, they actually got this question. So take a listen. All right. What is your greatest fear, Angie? Oh, God, I hate pickles. Pickles? Pickles? Yeah, no, I just, I can't. Like, I'm getting tense just even thinking about them. So, like, if I bring a jar of pickles, I will freak. freak. Why? Because they smell, like, they just cause me these sensations, just the texture the smell that oh i had one one time and it was the worst thing in the world i drank the water oh that's disgusting <laughs> 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 oh whiskey pickleback please yes i punched my boyfriend in the face because he what? snuck out of the theater and bought a pickle because i wouldn't let him buy it at the oh. beginning so he snuck out had it out there and no he, he brought it back and he put it in my face so you, oh my god so you god. punched him in the face, him in the face. <laughs> what movie was this we were watching Captain America so Oh War. man. What is your greatest fear if it's an embarrassing? Um I'll be honest with you, I really have I really don't have much fears. You know, I'm not afraid of death, I'm not afraid of being declined, you know, things like that. I'll be honest with you, I really I can't think of anything that I would I'd be fearful for. Interesting. But then again, if if you if you know me well, I, I'm really not that expressionate about things. He's afraid of hugs, maybe. I, yeah, I, he's afraid of hugs. I don't like don't hugs. touch him. Oh, yeah, that's my fear. Hugs. Hugs. Or, like, human touch. Yeah. Most, like, well, not by girls that he likes. Well, or my mom. I don't necessarily have to like them or they like me. Do you hug dates? No. Mm. He hugs my mom. Esther, will she? But really Well, nice. but I see her, like, once a month. Okay, so he it's doesn't different. have to see you for a long time in order for you yeah. to be able to touch him and hug It's him. different. Okay. All right, what's your greatest fear? <sighs> I am deathly, as a bartender and as someone who goes out to bars often, I am mortified, absolutely terrified of large crowds. Mm. Um, you know what? I am like that, too. I hate large crowds. I, I cannot I, handle that. I know, it's I know. It's too much for me. And it's funny because we were like, oh, you work at a bar, but yeah, I'm on the other side. I don't have to crawl, the, you know, Well, and then through. when you, you, you work at a bar, it's like your stage. Yeah. So you pretend to be something that you are really... Not necessarily. Not, I mean... A virgin. 
Exactly. Just, there but go. for instance, like um, Neon Desert's going on right now. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, we have, or I went to one of those, um, not Baracha Brunch. We love Baracha Brunch. It's really great. <laughs> it is fun. It's, it's a it lot is. of fun. Uh, it's for people like us that want to party but don't like large crowds and want to drink during the day. But uh, they have those uh, brunches downtown, and nothing against them. If you want to go, be my guest. But the last one I went to, we happened to walk in early enough that I thought, okay, this is fine. And then as the day progressed around 6 o'clock, it got packed with maybe, like, I want to say 2,000 people. Um, I was so mortified that I started crying in the middle of Dark Horse. I love you, Dark Horse. I started crying in the middle of Dark Horse and was thankfully escorted by very good service industry people, uh, bouncers, bartenders, helped me out through the back door just so I wouldn't have to deal with the crowd again. Um, but I, if I'm around a large group of people and I'm right in the middle of it, I do straight up panic. So this episode was a really quick one. Uh, we just got some clips from our first three episodes with Angie, Alex, and Alejandro. Thank you guys for being on our first three episodes and for making this possible. Uh, thank you listeners for tuning in every week and listening to our, our latest hijinks with uh, drinking in El Paso. If there's any place you'd like like for us to go, just let us know. We'll we'll make it out there. If you want us to go to your homebrew, Claudius, we're talking to you. We've been trying to go over there for quite some time now. Um, we'd like to do that. And if you want to listen to one of our homebrew episodes, just go back to our episode with Mike Stoffer. So if you're doing something cool in El Paso and you'd like to be on the podcast and have some drinks with us and answer a few silly questions, just go ahead and shoot us an email at insidethedrinkerstudio at gmail.com. You can also contact us on Facebook. We're at Inside the Drinker Studio. Um, so share us with your friends, like, subscribe, write a review for us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, you can share us on Facebook and write a little review there telling people about us. That'll help us reach new listeners and it'll help us better shine a light on things going on in El Paso. Thank you. Love you. Mean it. Sixteen years, started up a fight.